what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and we out here, baby. We are out here in the Just the West NFC championship game, baby. The championship game. I'm also with my co-host, T-Up. T-Up, are you there? Yo, JT Dove, yo. It's been a minute. Um, got everything settled down here, but I, you know, I'm excited to talk about this uh, NFC championship game. Break it down with our boys. It's the been Niners a minute versus the the Eagles, yeah. It's been a minute since I've seen you tee up, but your excuse. Congratulations, welcome to homeownership. Um, tee up, got got a house in SoCal, so now going to Home Depot every weekend now. <laughs> yeah, that, that tends to be the Home Depot, be, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. You know all those home goods, dangerous places. Stay away from those. It's all good. Uh, I did not do a pod last week. And last week was super lit, too. It's the divisional game against the Cowboys. Um, but onwards we go now. So NFC Championship game. And this is something where I, I think the Niners have been in the NFC Championship game uh, three times the last four years. Um, this one is the craziest because you have Rob Purdy, the third stream quarterback, uh, going at Philly, the number one ranked NFC team in the Eagles and the number two ranked team in the Niners. The Niners are on a 12 game win streak right now. Um, so Tia, as you go into this, obviously we've been covering the NFC West and the Niners all year long. Um, and the Eagles have yet to play the Niners or anyone in the NFC West. But I mean, what are your initial thoughts? This is going to be a, a really highly contested game. Eagles two and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the battle, obviously, of the two best teams in the in the NFC, maybe possibly the league. Um, you know, we have high-powered offenses versus high-powered defenses. They're both stacked. Uh, kind of balanced on both sides of the ball, which is, um, you know, at this point of the, the postseason, this is what you should expect, um, having the two best teams playing each other. So, yeah, I mean, I'm expecting a um, – it's – it's going to be, I don't know, because the over-under right now is at 46, and I just tend to think this is going to go towards the opposite, more towards the over. But I don't know. We could break down the matchups, uh, kind of see what's going on, who has the marginal advantages over over the other team, and maybe let's go from there and let's make a prediction at the end of this. Sure. And there's two sides to the coin. So mentioned before, the Niners hosted the Cowboys last week. It wasn't pretty, and you know, for all intents and purposes, this was the first time that Purdy really got challenged all year. He was pressured on over, I think, forty six percent of the time. Uh, this was a game where he had no touchdowns. They won nineteen to twelve in very dramatic fashion. Um, this was a game where the Niners' offense didn't have their A game, but the defense did just enough with two turnovers, and they won nineteen to twelve. So, on one hand, you could say that, hey, the Niners despite being challenged with a really good Cowboys defense in their front seven, they were able to muster the win, but it's worrisome because the Eagles are supposed to be better than the Cowboys. And so that is worrisome Eagles game. They played and they hosted the New York giants. And on one hand, the Eagles absolutely dominated the giants 38 to seven. They averaged, I don't know, like seven yards per carry they allowed some rushing yards, don't get me wrong, to Matt Breida and Saquon Barkley, but they got the job done 38-7. to 
And so you can make a case for the Eagles. That's a dominant win for the Eagles. But at the same time, too, the Giants, for all intents and purposes, they're not the Niners. They're not that good of a team. They're not as balanced of a team. So maybe they've been coasting up and towards this matchup that we have this Sunday. Um, Tee up. I mean, I, I, I guess let's, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, like, at what point of that Giants-Eagles game did you just say, like, this is over? I think it was it was pretty much over in the first half, right? Pretty much by halftime, I kind of, I, I mentally checked out. I thought the game was at hand, you know? Yeah, and, you know, at that point, you know, obviously, Eagles probably simplified the offense. You know, they're just not, they're just kind of playing just to, you know, till the final whistle or whatnot, but wasn't really a challenge and they kind of just skated by in that game and you know everyone knows that this this next matchup uh, against the the Niners is not going to be it's not going to be the Giants you know what how are how are both teams going to act in in adversity when they have to climb back coming from behind and that's what I'm saying like yeah yeah. you know just kind of looking back like okay like Philly what games have they really struggled um you know kind of coming back Maybe when Jalen was hurt, right? When Minshew was quarterback, right? But did they actually have to like you know find a way to win? It's like not really. Kind of looking at their schedule, I yeah. know there's a lot of controversy. You know, looking at strength of schedule, it doesn't really, you know, doesn't really mean anything in the postseason. Which yes, that is correct technically, but you know, if you're looking at that, you have to see how a team gets hardened to the to this t- to the point where we're playing the best team in our conference in order to get to the Super Bowl. So, you know, and that's kind of the looking at the, both yeah, fan bases okay. are very passionate. The Niner faithful fly Eagles fly. They're very passionate. And so both fan bases have been pointing at each other all throughout this week on Twitter saying the other team hasn't played a team like X, Y, Z. Your strength of schedule has been shit. Eagles, your division has been whatever's, um, and unfortunately, you know what's going to happen. Whoever wins this game, the other f- fan base is going to call the opposition a bunch of frauds. But in all actuality, this is a classic. This is the two best teams in the NFC. I would say in the NFL at the moment. Really? So you think? You know, you, you yeah. You could make a case for the Bengals and um, and Burrowhead. Yeah. But I mean. The Chiefs are not healthy. Mahomes already know we're he, we're not going to get 100 percent Mahomes in that game. But AFC is a whole different conversation. Okay, so do you yeah. feel like whoever wins this NFC Championship game is is going to win the Super Bowl? <gasps> I would say they probably have the the better chance. I think the NFC, regardless, is going to have it's going to be favored in the Super Bowl. Whoever the winner is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So. That's that's how I feel about it, and you know. You know, the Niners last week, they had to they had to really claw back to get back into this game. Like that game was just one touchdown away from breaking the breaking the back of the other team. And it just so happened it was the Niners who put you know, they, they put a series of plays together. Yes, Shanahan a lot had a lot to do with that. But in the second half, they they committed to the run. They didn't abandon the run, they kept going at it. And it was in fact that um that touchdown by Christian McCaffrey that kind of blew the game open. Yeah, Dallas, they had their opportunities, but um, the defense, they stuck to it. They stuck to their assignments. They executed. They stayed disciplined on defense, and they didn't crack. You know, Dallas was certainly, they were just right at the cusp of, like, you know, tying the game at the end. Yeah, but, they were. 
you know, they re- they really were. You know, Dak throwing that interception to uh, to Fred Warner. I mean, that that was a that one hurt. And then Dak's missed throw to um, to Gallup. You know, some are saying that's Dak's fault, but really, Gallup. You know, if you really look at it, he kind of gave up on the route. He was supposed to go to the outside, but um, you know, he stayed on the inside of the hash marks. So um, they were right there, and that that's a damn good team. And you know, the Niners had to play two pretty tough matchups in the playoffs thus far to get to where they're at right now. Um, yeah, they blew, you know, they, they put up 40 piece against Seattle, but that's a division foe that, you know, that they know the Niners very well. They, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, let's get into I that. Think we were just, then. Yeah. So when the sorry, Niners, you, you got me going, Justin, let's go, let's fucking go, baby. It's the NFC championship. So when the Niners have the football, as you alluded to, you know, running the football, um, the, the Cowboys, they're a different front seven than the Eagles. The Cowboys, they're a speedy, you know, edge setting front seven with Demarcus Lawrence and obviously uh, Michael Parsons. But the Eagles, they're more, I mean, shoot, they have four defensive linemen that have double digit sacks. They're not necessarily speedy per se, but man, they're, they're powerful. They swarm. Uh, they have depth all across the board and, you know, the Niners, whether you're playing the Cowboys or the Eagles, I think we can all agree that for Purdy and being on the road, the Niners need to run the football. The Eagles are ranked 22nd in rush defense. I believe they're the middle of the pack, but they're top three, if not the best pass rushing units. So, you know what the Niners are going to try to do, but do you think the Niners are going to be successful against this Eagles front seven? I think this just kind of goes back to, you know, what team has been conditioned enough to play the best at this point. And I, this, this totally, you know, my opinion, but sure. you know, the offensive line for the 49ers have been executing. Um, yeah. In every, no matter how good a team is, there's always going to be leaks in, in both sides of the ball that the other team is going to try to exploit. You know, we, you know, McGlinchey on the, on the right tackle, he's, he's kind of been slipping on some of the coverages and, and missing some blocks, but at the end of the day, it kind of goes back to, you know, the stunts that they pull Christian McCaffrey, he's hitting the inside zone runs. They set up nicely for the outside zone runs. Um, Shanahan, he, he plans for some trickery into some of the, the schemes, I feel like they are going to have some success in this. We're going to see a little bit of more. It was. I think they're going to. Stick what to I thought the, was interesting you know, they, was um, they they tried outside run because that's their bread and butter last week against the Cowboys in the first half. It really wasn't working, so they went inside. They did a lot of traps, like you alluded to. You saw like a lot more Mike McGlinchey, a lot more Aaron Banks. Um, so they they are adaptable in in that sense. This night is running the game yeah. right. Yeah, and it kind of goes, all right, so like Michael Parsons, when you watch him on the film from last week, he he's a fucking beast. Like, he, he will run down your the Christian McCaffrey or Debo from the opposite side of the line, right? Snipped it out. Billy, Snipped out the outside, outside run. Exactly. Beastly. That's why they couldn't go the outside run. But, you know, this Philly defense is different. This is – they're predicated on the power up yeah. front. Can they, can, they, can they close the edges? Can they seal the edges? Um, on these outside zone runs, especially when you have Christian McCaffrey and 
Well, one thing that I love about the 49ers is how they can mix up the backfield. You could have Christian McCaffrey back there. You could have George Kittle back there. And obviously you could have Debo back there. And, you know, if they're going to just keep power rushing us, I feel like our offensive line is kind of built for that. They got some big motherfuckers in the front that are designed for that. And I think the way to beat the 49ers in the offensive line is through speed. Michael Parsons, he, you know, he showed that. Uh, Max Crosby with the Raiders. Um, you can look at the Miami game when they gave us a tough time. So you um, feel a little bit more optimistic about this Eagles defensive line. Mind you, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, uh, I mean, they're certainly fast in their own rights. They're not Michael Parsons, but they're pretty damn good on the edge. I would say it's going to be a trench battle. I'm not saying that I'm optimistic. Um, I'm staying hopeful with it. I know it's going to be a hard-fought match, um, especially for the for the running game. Yeah. I saw, you know, some but, the best way to be the best team is to go at their best player. And if you can get the best player to break, then you have you have their team. You're you're grabbing them by the balls at that point. So I don't know if this matters too much because the game was out of hand, but I think Saquon Barkley and Matt Breeder, they were averaging like five, six yards a carry. Um Yeah. Yeah. Game was out of hand, but there there's a glimmer of hope. I will say this about this run game. Obviously, you want to have your traditional running backs in Elijah Mitchell and Debo, or I'm sorry, uh, Christian McCaffrey. But don't be surprised, especially on the road, if you get a little bit more Debo Samuel on some really creative outside runs. Um, because, you know, they, they want to get away from the front seven. They want to challenge not necessarily the defensive linemen, but they want to challenge their backers. And so if you see a little bit more Debo Samuel, I think that that could make things really interesting. Um in, you know, because there's a variety of ways to run the football, and the Niners just to have happen to have one of the most versatile guys in Debo Samuel. Absolutely, uh, Shanahan he loves controlling time of possession, so I expect him to run a lot. Also, um, I know he will create plans that works in favor for Brock Purdy, so he doesn't do any fuck ups, which is something that Brock Purdy has excelled at. You know, not no careless turnovers. Uh, you know, obviously there's some improvements from Brock Purdy that, um, that he could improve on, you know, well, he is trying to extend the play a lot, but when he should just throw the ball away. Um, let me ask you this then Colin Coward said Purdy, Purdy has done very well up to this point, but against the Eagles, you can't just be okay. You need to be great to upset the Eagles. And, you know, obviously Kyle Shannon doesn't want to necessarily force him to do anything for that matter. But this Eagles secondary, it's pretty fucking good. Um, you know, they have uh, James Bradbury. They have Darius Slayton. They have CJ Garner-Johnson at safety. I, I mean, you know, it, it's a pretty good secondary. Um, does Purdy need to be great to beat this Eagles offense? I'm sorry, defense? Yeah, I think he does have to perform above his abilities. This is going to be 100% the toughest test that he's going to have to go through. You know, so Kyle Shannon can't just get by with what he did last week against the Cowboys. Then, can, did they just get by last week? I feel like that game was pretty. I mean, it, that I, shit was pretty. It was nine nine going into halftime. I mean, I, that's like I say that with you know Purdy having no touchdowns. He had at least two touchdowns every game up to that point. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And they One get thing by that with another turnover free performance against the Eagles, for example. Yeah. You know, the Niners, I think Shanahan, it, it, I, from what it looked like, 
his game plan from first half to second half last week completely changed. You know, he he wanted to establish the run in the first half, and he was getting shut down. I think they had like 17 yards rushing in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, Purdy did have some a few good throws in that first half. Uh, you know, a couple of crucial uh, um, third down conversions that led to field goals, which is good. I mean, points were at a premium last week, uh, but. You know, unfortunately, none of the passing uh, passing plays led to touchdowns. They they kind of stalled towards um, like in the red zone when it got into the Dallas territory. Right. So, right. you know, he's playing in a hostile environment. It's going to be loud. It's going to be cold. Uh, you know, I, they have to stick to the run, and I know they will. But one thing that with the Niners that kind of sets them apart is that play action. Um, Shanahan has so many plays where. It sets up the receivers for those dagger routes, the you know the deep crossers, uh, the short flats. Um, I mean that one play is just awesome, where it's just like on the third and short. He know Christian McCaffrey lines up on the um, kind of in the slot position, and then it's that quick slant. Yep, that's like, right. Come on, like fucking just that's a big ball throw right there. But that's on Purdy because knowing he he sees that pre snap, knowing that Christian McCaffrey is going to be open, so. Right. I mean, those are things that you can't really teach to a quarterback, especially him being this young. This is just something intangible. He, you know, he has that feeling. Um, I think that this but, might be another George Kittle game. Um, you know, uh, Purdy loves to throw down the middle, as did Jimmy G, as is this Kyle Shannon offense. And I think Kittle against these backers, uh, I feel pretty good about it. And especially if it's going to be on the road, you need a. Well, you need a safety blanket, whether it's CMC or Kittle. So look for those two in the middle. Yeah. What about on the other side of the ball? So Jalen Hurts, you know, obviously, Niners have a history of, you know, having problems containing mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. So, so I guess so as far as, yeah, D'Amico Ryans, what would be your game plan if, if you're D'Amico? Are you going to be calling more blitzes or are you going to just play more contained, kind of that shell defense? What would you do? QB, you know, obviously, are you going to spy more? But that this, that's this pulls. Is Ryan's toughest challenge because already he's, I won't say he's failed the test, but he saw it, whether it's Justin Fields or fucking Jared Stidham. If you're somewhat mobile, um, you're going to have a day against the Niners defense, which is sucks to say, but I've yet to see the Niners truly defend a mobile quarterback whether it's those two quarterbacks or you can even look to like Marcus Mariota for fuck's sake earlier uh, in the first quarter of the season. Um, you know what Fred Warner does very well, which is actually like the anti Niners. He's like the Niners kryptonite if he was on the opposition, but Fred Warner in coverage is pretty much like a defensive back. He's great defending in the middle. Um, but if you put him at spot, you take away that pass coverage, right? But then at the same time, too, Jalen Hurts can certainly cause some problems on, on under RPO. So what do you do? I think you're obviously going to have to mix it up. If I'm this Eagles offense, uh, you know, this Niners defense, they take away the middle of the field very well. So I'm taking a page out of it. I'm taking some shots downfield because I still, you know, even though Lenore had a pick in back-to-back games, the, the last two playoff games, but I still pick on him. I don't know how you feel about Traverius Ward, but, you know, between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, you pretty much have two wide receiver number ones, right? So I would take the take the matchups and 
you know, with RPOs aside, fake it, keep it, throw the ball downfield and try to make a play. Yeah, I guess one big thing, obviously, that that's not Jalen Hurts with his legs that scares me is the deep ball. And you have the deep ball that's A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. Um, you know, Hafanga has been good. You know, he's he's able to kind of creep out from deep grass and just kind of launch out of nowhere and, and attack the quarterback, which, you know, causes errant throws and, you know, off-balance throws and whatnot. But he also struggles with receivers getting behind him, which kind of leaves either Lenore or or Mooney on the island. And I'm a little scared having one of those receivers get behind our safeties. Um, especially Jalen Hurts, he does have a cannon. So uh, that's kind of like the tough part where it's like, if you're D'Amico, like, what do you do? Do you play more zone or do you, you know, you stay home and you, um, you, you know, you kind of contain the inside and try to stop the run. I think ideally he'd like to stay home, stop the run. And, you know, the last thing is, is to get into really stale coverage. Cause that's when they get into a lot of trouble with a lot of these gaps. But, you know, I think first and foremost, try to defend Jalen hurts, the run game, whether it's Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, um, you know, they do, if not the best job with the RPO, um, because their their quarterback is honestly a threat anytime to take the ball upfield with his legs. And so this is going to be the biggest challenge for the Snyder's defense all season. Uh, remember that uh, the tweet that I shared with you earlier today about how saying that this is Brock Purdy's biggest test. Yeah, but it's all like you know he has more playoff wins than Jalen Hurts. He's played more playoff games than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, he has more touchdowns than Jalen Hurts. Do they the Jalen Hurts more to lose than than Purdy? Then does he have more to lose? I would say the expectations are higher of Jalen Hurts, but if you're looking at it from a objective standpoint, he in fact does he has one playoff game experience, and that's versus the Giants. And that game was pretty much over at halftime. So how much of the, you know, the pressure has he actually felt in these type of, you know, go um, win or go home type games? There is an X factor to it. I will say that Purdy has been thrown into fu- to the fire on many occasions this season, whether it's against the, the Dolphins coming off the bench or going to Seattle at Seattle with an injury. Um, I hear you in that. It, it's a game. It's an environment. That it's going to be tough in Philly, but it's not the first time he's had to face this sort of crowd. And this is the playoffs, yeah. by the way. This is the fucking NFC Championship game. Exactly. Too. Yo, he played short week, hurt Rids, three days rest in Seattle, beat Seattle to win the NFC West. I mean, what right. Jalen, what have you done for me lately? I'm hoping that Kyle Shanahan's going to be in his bag because he's, he better have his best plays ready. Stick, Absolutely. Sticking to when the Eagles had the football then, another thing, another elephant in the room, talking about Warner, talking about the coverages. Well, what about the Snyder's pass rush? I know that they've had turnovers the last couple of games, which has been great. But Boats has been rather quiet, at least on, in the sacks department. I know that their other defensive lineman, Charles Amenehu, is coming off uh, a domestic violence sort of incident earlier in the week. Um, they need to get to the quarterback. Are you concerned about this this matchup, especially against Jalen Hurts? Oh, uh, absolutely. 
Um, Eagles have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Uh, if not the best of offensive line, they have full of veterans, full of experience. Uh, they're big motherfuckers up there too. So oh, yeah. it's definitely going to be a test for our, um, our D line, whether they could get home. Um, you know, like I said, like if you're comparing like Niners O line versus Eagles O line, and then Niners defensive line versus Eagles defense, I mean you're you're splitting hairs at that point. You're looking at like you know one A versus one B, two A versus two B. Like they're 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 both going to be awesome. And the team that cracks first to give up those series of runs, I don't think it's going to be one huge run. It's not going to be like you know so-and-so breaks out for a 30-yard game to get into field goal territory. I don't see that really happening just because of how stout both teams are up front. But it's going to be the team that puts together a series of plays. And it might even be like last last week where it's going to be that one touchdown where that's going to be the straw that broke the camel's back. And the team, you know, the team can't, the opponent can't come back from that. I'm on so, the contrary. I feel like the Niners' diverse run game can, in fact, have 30-plus yard runs, those big plays, just because they have versatile runners versus your traditional sets. But the thing is, their ability to run like that is pertinent on them having a lead. You know, um, if they're down two scores, like they're down 14-0 early on, then Purdy yeah, you're not going to be running fucking inside zone runs, you know, like that takes away the whole thing. You know, if they're able to keep a 10, seven, 13, 10, something manageable, then yeah, you can see a big play down the road, but that's really, you know, it goes back to Purdy, you know, um, Purdy up to this point has done a very good job. Uh, I think he's only been down two scores once, uh, that being 24, 14 against the Raiders, but then again, it's the Raiders. So, um, yeah, he's never been down on the road against a team like the Eagles. Um, so, yeah, it goes back to, you know, Kyle Shannon, the cadence, the pace of the game, keeping the turnovers at a minimum, if if any. Um, yeah, man, I, I can understand why the Eagles are favored just barely by two and a half points. It's going to be a really close one. Yeah, I find it hilarious. There's a bunch of Eagles fans that are crying because it's like, oh, it's only two and a half points. It should be more. It's like, <laughs> no, these are the two best teams in the NFL. This is this is a fair assessment. This is two and a half, three points. I mean, this is that is home field advantage pretty much. Maybe right? it does go like, up to three, but we all know if two teams are equal, you usually give the home team three points off the top. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So. But they're complaining like it should be more. It's like, yo, you guys, oh God, just kid, yeah, man, kid. When you talk about hype, I mean, you know, the Eagles started 15-1 and with Jalen Hurts before he got hurt. And the Niners, they're on a 12-game win streak and Purdy's undefeated. Something's going to have to give. And that's why I'm saying earlier, whoever loses this game, the opposing fan base is going to call the other fan base a bunch of frauds. And I can I can see both cases for either the Eagles or the Niners fan base, right? Mm-hmm. But they're both really good fucking teams. <laughs> don't, don't get it twisted. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the premier game for on Sunday. Obviously, if you're a you know if you're a fan of either the Bengals or the Chiefs, you're going to have something else to say about that. But I mean, all eyes are on the NFC Championship game. I'm even surprised that this is uh, the first game. I thought they would make this the the afternoon game, kind of to close out the weekend. But yeah, you know, no, it, I mean, is, that's it right. is what it is. 
Last year, it was literally, well, reversed the other way around. It was Bengals, Chiefs at, at Arrowhead, 12 o'clock. And then it was the Rams, Niners, 3 o'clock. But whatever. Yeah. Um, so let's let's go ahead and talk about this Niners defense. Who, who's the player of the game to really keep an eye on for the Niners? Hufanga, Bosa, like who, who's the player? Of the, Warner, who's the, who's the player of the game against this RPO offense, which is the Eagles? Ooh, um, I mean, I would say it goes back to our captain on defense, uh, Fred Warner. Okay. I want to see how he commands his, uh, his team to stay disciplined, stay home, be able to read the quarterback. Um, that offense is obviously going through Jalen Hurts. I want to, you know, Fred Warner is going to be the captain who, who keeps his, uh, this defense in check. They may have their backs against the wall where, you know, they need a three points or they need, they need a score on a, or they need to make a big stop. And I want Fred Warner to, you know, Fred Warner is hardened to this point to to step up, to be, um, you know, the captain of this defense. He's been, he's been there before. He knows what it, he, he knows what it takes to get to the Super Bowl. He wears that C on his chest for a reason, you know, I, and D'Amico obviously had gave him all the trust because, you know, he has the mic in his helmet. So, you know, I, I want to see Fred Warner. He's been excellent during these playoffs, but I think this is going to be the playoffs, playoff game that potentially could put him in like, you know, the, we're talking about Patrick Willis's. We're talking about the Navarro Bowman's, you know, I think he's going to, he has a p- potential being in that same conversation. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll do like, Something you guys weren't expecting. Um, I think player of the game for this defense is it's going to be Hufunga. And the reason why I say that is, you know, obviously, you know, first team all pro, pro bowler. He's having a breakout year in his sophomore season. But, you know, a, a lot of teams pick on him. They pick on him because, you know, he doesn't have the best, well, the, the best 40 time, the athleticism. I mean, that's why he fell to the fifth round. But his instincts are off the charts. He's made plays all throughout the season. He has four picks for the season. Uh, forced fumbles, tackles, sound tackler at, at that. And so against this RPO, obviously a lot of the attention is going to be on the defensive line and the backers, you know, but to clean up all that, it's going to be Hufunga. And how Hufunga reacts to the coverages, how he reacts to, to the RPO, if Jalen Hurts is allowed to run on the outside, a lot of that goes back to Hufunga and the angles that he takes because the RPO is going to be the number one thing that's going to be a, a threat for the Niners. So for Hufanga, however he plays his coverages, however he plays his alignments, is going to be detrimental for this Niners defense. Okay? I know we're talking about Warner. I know we're talking about the secondary. But what Hufanga does, which is the midfield, also keep in mind they have Goddard and a couple other guys, Watkins, that, that are going to be down the middle. So there are things that Hufanga is surely going to be tested on. And, you know, even get a pick. That would be awesome as well. Yeah. I do have um, two two notable mentions, honorable mentions, that I sure. do want to bring up. Um, first person is Mooney. I think he's had a, he's had a good postseason, but I feel that he has, hasn't – it wasn't as great as his regular season has been. I would like for him to step up uh, – not step up, but I would like to see him – you know, perform to where we know this is Mooney Ward. You know, he's going to be. I saw an, uh, an Eagles article saying that the weakest link is Traveris Ward, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. 
if you look, I think if you look at it from um, you know from a statistical standpoint, I think he has he hasn't had a better uh, postseason than Lenore. I mean, Lenore has two picks already, so yeah. Um, I mean, you can't really compete with that at that point. So you know, I could see how they're going to be targeting him, um, and it, he, he's going to be guarding their wide receiver one A or wide receiver one B. I mean. Those two wide receivers that they have, they're they're pretty much wide receiver ones, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so I, I want I want to see him, you know, get that confidence back, and then he steps into the Super Bowl. Um, my second honorable mention is who has been playing exceptionally well is Tayshawn Gibson. Um, he's oh, able to to right. read coverages. He he knows how to come through with the um, with those zone blitzes when they're when he's called upon, and he's able to seal up the edges when there's an outside zone run, and uh, he's able to make that tackle. So. Um, those, those are two other players that I, I do want to mention. Okay. Okay. Um, you mentioned it. I'll go on offense. Uh, another player to, to keep in mind too. Well, no shits, but um, Brandon Ayuk, he's been rather quiet lately as, as a receiver. Um, he balled out last time they played each other uh, against the Eagles. I remember you meant, if you remember that air Jordan jump, he did off the screen, but uh, oh yeah. He hurdled over that uh, the Eagles player, right, from touchdown? He did. He did. So, you know, I mentioned before, if Debo can make a couple outside runs, that would be awesome to open things up. But I would like to see Ayuk in the end zone um, big time, big time against this Eagles team. And hopefully, we, you know, pretty turnover free, but I need some touchdowns in, in the red zone. They can't afford to have what they did last week against the Cowboys. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. Points are going to be at, at a premium this weekend uh, for both teams. So if you could grab three points, you grab those three points, but obviously we won't, we want to get, um, we want to see seven from either team. I think that's the goal for each drive. Um, but if they got to settle for a field goal. You got to settle for three. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, for I'm offense for I'm, me. Yep. Good. I'm going to be looking at the offensive line. Uh, Mike McGlinchey, he's kind of been the, I guess, the weak link, quote unquote, that you would say that's um, teams have been targeting um, uh, kind of time and time again, especially with their speed pass rushers. I think we saw some video last week of Marco Parsons just kind of throwing him like a pancake, which is fucking insane because what is he? He's like 6'8. Yeah, I know. That was almost 300 pounds. Like, how, how do you even throw a human being that big? McGlinchey had a good game, but that was pretty embarrassing, bro. That was pretty bad. Yeah, but I do want to see him step up. I, he's had an awesome season, like compared to past seasons, where, um, you know, he's he's blowing bro, blowing blocks and not sealing the edges like he's supposed to. Um, kind of. I mean, if you look at it, kind of scoping out the Niners' O line had a great um, had a great game last week. They were they were able to seal the double teams. Um, they were able to get to the second level on some of the runs. Um, Brock Purdy, he did get sacked twice, but you know, um, it, it's a great pass rush. You're, you're not going to block a um, block a pass rush a hundred percent of the game. They're going to get through eventually. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, and I'll, I'll sum it up: if, if the Eagles and the, these wide receivers, if they're able to heave it downfield and have these big plays um, and get up early, the Niners are fucked because. I do not feel good about Purdy down two scores on the road, being forced to take it under center. That's when you get your. That's when uh, that's when trouble happens for the pass rush. That's, right. So you get your shit pushed in. That's what they say. 
fucked up. But if the Niners are able to keep it close, run the ball well, keep them off their toes, I think that the Niners, especially in the second half, can bring it open, get the big plays, get the lanes that they need, and come away with the win. So either they get their asses handed earlier on, and it's 38-7 like the Giants-Eagles game, or you find something a little bit a little bit more relative, a little bit more spicy um, come fourth quarter. Of course. Uh, I know I was talking about Mike McGlinchey, but, I mean, look at the rest of the offensive line. I mean, they are stellar. We got, you know, all pro Trent on the far left and Brendel in center. Then you got Banks and, and Burford just just doing their thing. So yeah. I feel – I mean, I feel good about the O-line. They're able to, um, you know, at least give Brock enough time to – you know, go through his progressions, making his read, go, you know, and creating some uh, some lanes for either Debo or, or CMC. To your credit, I, I will say this. At least statistically, this is the best offensive line for pass protection that Shannon has ever had in the Shannon era. They're ranked number three in pass protection this year. The last couple of years, they've been in the teens, ranking from like 15, 16, 17-ish now they're top five for pass blocking, That's which, right. which is, you know, a big testament for this offensive line. Why Purdy has been able to do the things he has coming off, coming off the bench. But hopefully that stands against this Eagles front seven. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, the Eagle, I mean, damn, if you look at the Rots are just up and down in their, their D line. It's just, they're just, they're stat, you know, which is, which is the fun part about this game because it's like, you know, as much as we love to talk about how good the Niners are, it's like I want them to play an opponent where it's, you know, where they're, they, have, they have to perform their best and there cannot be any mistakes. They have to play a near-perfect game in order to pull out a win. And I think that's kind of – it's the exciting part about this. Is there, it's the yeah. two best teams who were supposed to make it to the NFC Championship – are in the NFC Championship. Yeah, there's no controversy about it. And if the Niners are able to run the ball and keep it close in the first half, they can get something, uh, you know, some gold in the second half. We'll see, mm-hmm. man. We'll see, dude. So, I just want to get something off my chest since we're talking about the 49ers offense at the moment. Hmm. Is What would the conversation be like if Brock Purdy was like a first-round draft pick or second-round draft pick and he was performing this well? Would it be... Kind of like the media talk right now is like, no, Shanahan is, uh, you know, why could he do this? I saw this is some stupid thing on Twitter that Shanahan, he always, um, he could always make a bad quarter, like a shitty quarterback into a good quarterback. But when he has like a okay to above average quarterback, he can't make him play well. Yeah, I know that's. It's like Brock <laughs> Purdy. Like, yeah, he was the last pick of the draft. Yes, that is true. Um, but what happens if he was a second round quarterback and he's just playing this well? Yeah, well, I mean, it, the intention was for Trey Lance to be at this point, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, this also shows It'd be a why. whole different conversation. It would have been like, whoa, John Lynch is a is a fucking whiz at finding. Uh, talent in the draft well they you know they they really scored one with the future 49er quarterback for the next 20 years whatever it is yeah you know i get it at the same time too you got to give credit where credit's due to to even be in this position with 
Mr. Relevant and all these other draft picks that have not come in the first round to get up to this point as well. But, you know. And, and, and we're not going to no longer call him Mr. Irrelevant, JT Dow. He is Mr. Relevant from now on. He's Mr. Relevant now. Yeah. He <laughs> has surpassed every immeasurable record for the last pick in the NFL draft. No one has come near close to what he's done this season. That's That, that includes touchdown passes that includes playoff wins like i don't know uh a pick like this is not supposed to be in the nfc championship would you say it's a coincidence that these quarterbacks jalen hurts and brock purdy they've been practicing against the best defenses for this the last 18 19 weeks and it just so happened that they're both in the you know they're they're both considered you know the top some of the top NFC quarterbacks at the moment. Well, what can I say? There's like a correlation with that, right? Iron Serpent's iron. So maybe, maybe, man. Uh, But they look, I mean, they're both doing the damn thing and they're they're so young too. They're they're like, what? They're both 23, right? Yep, that's right. Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts is 23. Uh, He's been in the league for, what, like two, two years? Let me check. Jalen Hurts is 24. My apologies. He's 24. Uh, yeah, that one year makes it. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's go ahead and wrap it up then. At the end of the day, he comes out victorious. And what's the score for you? So two and a half well, over under 46, right? You want you want me to go first or you go first? I'll go... I think that it's going to be close the first half. But I also think at the same time, too, the second half things get kind of nutty. So go ahead and give me 31-28 Niners. I think that the second half you're going to see a lot of big plays from both teams for that matter. So you're going to see A.G. Brown, Devontae Smith. You're going to see George Kittle, CMC. It's going to get really wonky in the second half. And I think it's going to come down to a turnover. So, 31-28, Niners. Well, our listeners will not be surprised by my pick. <laughs> um, I'm going to go 28-27. And it. obviously, drum roll, please. The, the red and gold will obviously come victorious from this. I think it's going to be battle in the trenches like we've been hearing over and over and over again. Uh, but CMC is just going to have just, he's going to have a game obviously complimented by Debo. Um, Brock Purdy at times is going to have to put the team on his back, you know, getting into uh, manageable, you know, third down conversions. Um, but yeah, that's my prediction. Like I, said, I think it's relatively decent early on in the first half. Both teams are trying to establish the run. Both teams are, you know, trying not to do a turnover or whatever. I think the Niners will be up just a little bit come halftime. And then the second half, I, I think that Jalen Hurts and this team says, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to throw downfield, make it exciting. And then, you know, in response, the Niners are going to have to fucking play some real football, too, to get some points. Hence the uh, 31-28. Um, yeah. Predicting, you know. This kind of, you know, this Niners team kind of reminds me of, uh, remember, like, the 2017-2018 the uh, Warriors when it's like at halftime, I would be like, 
as long as the Warriors are like between if they're down by like 10 to 12 points, I'm completely fine with that. Yeah. And then they, they end up winning by like, you know, 15, 20 points, you know, like, like if the game I feel the same way early on, then you feel good on the, on the latter stretches. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Not all teams could be like, Oh, we're down by 12 points. I'm not worried. You know, like there's other, um, you know, basketball teams out there. If they're down by 10 points at halftime, like, okay, you're, you're, you're kind of struggling at that point. But the Niners, like, if we could keep it close, if they're down by like say a field goal, or if they're just carrying any type of momentum going into the second half, um, I'll feel pretty good about it. Yeah, and for the most part, this Niners team makes pretty good adjustments in the second half, so you feel pretty. Yeah, good, right. Exactly. Yeah, there was that one weird stat, right? Like the Niners in the second half um, points differential is like I don't know something ridiculous, like plus thirteen or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Plus 15. Well, we'll see. I mean, the Eagles, they are the top seed for a reason. It's their home turf. Uh, Jalen Hurts is arguably the MVP, whether it's him or Mahomes, for that matter. Um, Justin Jefferson as well. But I, I'm i prepared if the Niners see lose, too. Uh, I, I'm, at, I'm not going to bash either fan base. I'm prepared, you know, if the Niners do lose, you know, uh, no hard feelings, you know, it, it, it's a good game. It's going to be a really good matchup. I think both, well, both can make a case for the Super Bowl. Justin, don't worry. We'll we'll cross that bridge once we get there. Okay. Not, not quite yet. Don't, don't throw the hat into the, to the fire pit yet. Okay. Well, I think across the board, whether you're a Niners fan or an Eagles fan, I think everyone's predicting that it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a close finish. I don't, I have yet to see a, a fan base, on either side, predicting a blowout. So we got that going for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I must say, I, I kind of, it makes it a little fun that early on right now, it seems like that uh, America is taking Philly over the Niners. And I do like playing as the underdog. Well, I think you know, we have less, we have less to lose. They love that East Coast bias, right? So, love it. Onwards we go. So, Sunday, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you will see the Niners and Eagles. Before we go, just putting out the tee up really quick. Bengals at Chiefs. Mahomes, high ankle sprain. He's still going to play. Who do you think is going to win that game? Because last year, same matchup, only I think Mahomes kind of choked, actually. So, I mean, what do you think? Yeah. I'm around. Um, Joe Cool, baby. Joe Cool. I'm actually on that page too. I think, especially if, I mean, Mahomes is a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but for him to be compromised, I don't know, man. It's it's that ankle. It's the right ankle, I believe, and that's his throwing ankle. You know, that's where the that's where his power is coming from. That back leg. Yeah. Uh, so, I would say that's if it was a healthy Mahomes, obviously, I would have to give the nod to to the Chiefs, but. He's not healthy, so I can't do that. This is the first time in a long time from recent memory. I think the Chiefs are home dogs. They're they're not favored either. Oh, is that right? It's, let me check right there. I thought it was like Bengals. Let me see. Ooh, I thought it was Bengals. It's a pick'em right now. Ooh. It's a pick'em. Okay, so damn that three points is. Uh, th- that's how much is costing the <laughs> Mahomes' ankle is costing the Chiefs three points right now. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! 
All right. Well, hey, go ahead. Um, who day? I, I think the Bengals can take take that win too. So it would be the the Bengals versus either the Eagles or the Niners. That's my prediction. But like I said, I'm sticking to it. The NFC is going to have the is going to be favored in the in the Super Bowl. We shall see. So for those that are checking out the Just the West podcast, much obliged. Whether it's on Spotify or iTunes. Also check us out um, at Just the West on Instagram, at Just the West on Twitter, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Tee up, I appreciate your time. For everyone out there, have a great Sunday for the NFC Championship. We out here. We out.